0: There's definitely this environmental kind of angle where I'm trying to get people to appreciate nature a little more. And I guess especially, you know, the majority of work sold are within urban settings. So bringing a little element of these extreme environmental occurrences into this urban setting.
1: Hi there, my name's Willie Russo and you're listening to Interview with an Artist, The weekly show where we profile Australian artists. Luke Shadbolt is part storm chaser, part stuntman, part photographic artist. He puts himself in some incredible and sometimes dangerous situations to capture the power of the ocean. His images illustrate Mother Nature's mighty force with an intensity and emotion that is impossible to ignore. And that's important to Luke. He wants you to take notice. He wants to remind you of the beauty and the power of the ocean. He's also more interested in the process than the end result, the trait of a true artist. Head to his Instagram page at Luke Shadbolt and you will see a feed of the most amazing range of photos, including a few of his wife and new baby. You see, Luke's just become a dad for the first time and it's brought the sometime level of danger in his work right into focus. Luke joined me from his Australian base on the central New South Wales coast for this week's Interview with an Artist. And before I let you get into it, if you enjoyed today's episode, you know the drill. Please rate, review and share. It's really a big help. Enjoy meeting Luke Shadbolt. Luke Shadbolt, thank you so much for joining us on Interview with an Artist. My pleasure. You were a surf photographer initially, is that correct?
0: Yes, my my background is actually in um, graphic design. I studied um, visual communication at Newcastle University and then I was in graphic design and I was in art direction for about probably six or seven years and then I got the opportunity to art direct a surfing magazine and it was around the same time that I had finally saved up enough to get a... Pretty good di- digital SLR and underwater housing setup to shoot surfing. It was my, always an interest of mine. And then, so when I started art directing the surfing magazine, and I had the equipment, it was kind of a really sharp learning curve. And uh, I had an outlet for it. And the editor of that surfing magazine is actually now a really good friend of mine. But at the time, um, he kind of became a mentor for me, um, and he was is and was an amazing surf photographer as well. So yeah, that's sort of how it all started. It was kind of a really great opportunity to finally have the equipment and have a mentor and have an outlet and um,
1: yeah, that's that was it. It's kind of gone from there and then in terms of moving into the artistic space because that's then another phase of your career, what was the catalyst for that? Well, so after
0: being a surf photographer about five or six years. Um, It was on the downturn of when sort of magazines were starting to struggle and I'd spent about probably six to nine months solidly traveling, which sounds like a a great dream. I was going to say, everyone's
1: (laughs) like, oh my God, that's so awesome. But the reality of that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it was awesome. Um, And we were working on a really great project, but at the same time, my then girlfriend wife was also traveling and you know we wouldn't see each other for months at a time and occasionally we'd get to travel together which is great but yeah it was kind of I think I was just getting a little burnt out by doing the same thing and so like intensely so at the end of that year I kind of decided to take a step back and we actually uh by that point had decided to stop doing the magazine as well. And I just really wanted to create something that was completely contrasted to what I had been doing, which was basically, you know, trying to chase perfect waves all around Australia and um, different locations around the world. And I'd had a few um, specific locations in mind, and I just wanted to go when it was just like a really, you know, intense extreme weather event there and just see what the ocean could really Um, produce. And so I I chose a location and spent a month there, sort of just documenting all different aspects of it. And so this is what ended up turning into my first series, which was Maelstrom. Originally, I wanted to try and shoot it all from the water, which... in Oh, as in
1: you in the water?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, Um, God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I did it uh, a couple of times on much smaller days than what eventually became the body of work. But even when it was, when it was tiny, it was still quite chaotic to
1: (laughs) try and shoot from the water. But are you on a, like, are you on a board or are you just out there in kind of like a life jacket or are you just out there in your wetsuit and the camera?
0: Yeah, just, I'm just swimming around. Usually I'll just have a wetsuit and a, a pair of swim fins on. Sometimes I'll sit on a board depending on, whatever spot I'm shooting. But um, yeah, so after, so after spending a month there and lucking into a couple of really crazy storms in that specific location, I had this body of work that I was happy with. And at the time I was working with an art curator, just with some private clients, sort of pitched this show to her and said, okay, I've got, I've got this exhibition. I don't really know how this process works from here, but um, I'd love to do something with this, and she said, Look, I think this is really good work. I'll pitch it to some galleries and see if we can find somewhere that we'll put on a show. Um, but just so you know, this basically doesn't work this way, so don't get your hopes up. Um, oh,
1: right, okay.
0: And at this time, I didn't really know. Well. I think I've kind of somehow managed to sneak in a back door, but she, um, <laughs> <laughs> she pitched it to a couple of galleries and she pitched it to Michael Reed, um, who I'm represented by now. And I think it was just, it was poetic timing. They had a slot to fill for a month um, and it had to be a photography show because I think it was uh, at the time it was in conjunction with the head on photo festival in Sydney.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think, yeah, it was just poetic timing that we pitched it to them at the exact perfect moment and um, they agreed to put it on. So we, yeah, I had I think three months to prep and figure out how to proof and print and frame and all that stuff and the show ended up going really well and then
1: uh, that's that was the start of it from there. You surfing mates when you said oh, I'm going down the artistic path, what did they say?
0: Well, it was never really a conscious decision for me. it kind of and that's yeah, that's why what I mean when I say I kind of came in the back door because it it wasn't like I wanted to now become an artist. it was just, oh, you know, I've shot this series that I like and I want to show to other people what how do I do that,
1: how do I go um, about that yeah, yeah,
0: and I feel, I think that's probably why I still feel weird about being like calling myself an artist.
1: you're looking for different things when you're like you just said then, like figuring out, okay, I'm you're moving your eye from a magazine kind of commercial surf sales kind of bent to the artistic eye. What did you find was the biggest difference you were looking for in your images for your exhibitions?
0: Yeah, I, I think my, well, when I was shooting more commercially, I was always shooting for like the the double page spread, I was always quite terrible at shooting for um, sort of surfing advertising because I would never do the the tightly cropped action shot where you can see the logo on the board shorts. So I think I'd kind of, maybe I was already looking for that more artistic angle and it seemed kind of like a natural progression.
1: Are you very happy with your growth in this space? It's an interesting question. Um, I don't, um, it's only been
0: since uh, 2016 that I've kind of been in immersed in the this space in the art world and it's kind of been a pretty sharp learning curve since then but uh I, I wouldn't know if I'm happy with my position I think it's always kind of just looking forward and looking on to the next project yeah I, I'm really I'm really happy with any of my work. So it's kind of the same thing.
1: (laughs) Are you a perfectionist? Is that like, is it, is it that perfectionist trait that you, you can always see an opportunity to improve? Yeah, it's
0: definitely, there's definitely an element of perfectionism. And I think especially with, well, with photography, you end up looking at these images that you shoot so many times that by the end of it, I just, I'm just sick of looking at them basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah.
1: Do you get a bit blind to them?
0: Yeah, I yeah. I think it in the end if I actually still can stand looking at my own work then that's a pretty good result. <laughs> and I usually what I end up exhibiting is work that I am proud of and that I can appreciate and um continue to appreciate but I yeah, I'm
1: still always just looking
0: forward to the next
1: project. Can you remember the first piece you sold? Hmm. yeah I'm trying to think I really can't um, you but you've obviously sold some artistically so. yeah yeah
0: um yeah I saw well the the first show sold quite well, but then I had another photo that won the Surf photo of the Year in Australia um, a few years prior to that first exhibition. I'm just trying to think it was two thousand and seventeen.
1: did you win the award?
0: Yeah, I won the award in 2017 and I think I won it maybe in 2015 okay. as well. Or... But yeah, the 2017 award was actually from one of the images from that Maelstrom show. The, f- the first time it was a completely different shot from just a, it was actually yeah a commercial trip for magazine. So I have, I have a feeling I sold one or a few of those. Yep maybe before. I guess from
1: your sales from your first exhibition, how did you feel with that process or knowing that those pieces were going out as pieces of art that were going to be loved? You know what?
0: I think I like the idea of people enjoying my work and I like the idea of selling pieces, but in the end, it's actually more for me than anyone else, if that makes sense. I'm kind of out there shooting. It's all about actually... The experience of going out and being involved in these extreme weather events, like the actual processes is the best part. And then to have a photo at the end, it's like more of a reminder or a simulation of having experienced it. I guess it's less about people enjoying the work and I'm hoping that it more might not necessarily speak to them, but like there's definitely this environmental kind of angle where I'm trying to get people to appreciate nature a little more and as, I guess especially you know the majority of work sold are within urban settings so bringing a little element of these extreme environmental occurrences into this urban setting trying to reconnect the the person with nature a little.
1: Bit. Where does that drive
0: come from for you? Well I think growing up on the central coast it's it's kind of that perfect blend uh, so we're about an hour and a half north of Sydney I'm surrounded by trees and nature and, and it's very much just a, a sleepy little beach town or it, it was when I was growing up. Anyone living in Australia, the majority of us are living relatively close to the coast. So I think there is sort of a general appreciation for the beach but then unless you're sort of constantly um, immersing yourself in it, you might not get as much of a connection as well as what i grew up having, which I was really fortunate having. And, and yeah, like I was saying, it's also, there's, it's not just the fact that we're close to the beach here on the central coast, there's just nature everywhere. There's trees and parks, and it's not as dense as what Sydney is with houses and, you know, urban life. So there's still, there's quite a nice balance, but that's where the appreciation
1: started. Yeah. It's interesting to note, you don't put the locations on any of your series of work What's the ethos behind that? Well no, I, I actually do put do the locations you? on some. But there is some of your series that you don't put the location on.
0: Yes. Yeah, so happy I was happy to talk about the latest series. I mean the main reason from for the mystery about the first series was it sort of stems from localism in surf in surfing. I met some of the locals where that location was shot and they kind of just politely asked me to not name any locations so just out of respect to them i've kept it a mystery and yeah it's kind of actually worked out really well it's the first question anyone asks and to be able to say sorry i can't tell you (laughs) it's really it's really satisfying as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i mean it's not like you'd be surfing these waves but
1: yeah that's true
0: (laughs) (laughs) there are um locations nearby that our surf, like our actual surfing waves. And, um, actually there were some local photographers there as well that were, it was sort of like that same surfing code, but for photography, they didn't want me to be spreading these locations around. So it was kind of the same thing there. And I I can appreciate
1: that, of course. I think it also enables a connection regardless of who you are. It's actually not necessarily about the place. It's about the energy of the image.
0: Yeah, it's kind of about the ocean as a as a whole, rather than yeah. um, any particular location. That was that was part of the intent was to not have any identifying factors and have it just purely about these sculptural forms. So just it happened to tie in well with that concept that I wasn't allowed to actually mention anything about locations. But um,
1: yeah, do you call yourself an artist now?
0: I, I, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It feels weird to. It feels weird to say that, but I'm yeah. I'm hoping I'll be comfortable saying that sometime
1: soon. Yeah, and what's your creative routine? Is do you have a set creative routine, or is it more project focused? Definitely
0: more project focused. I kind of have, you know, anywhere between zero and ten projects going at the one time, actually never zero, it's more like five to 10 projects going at the one time, um, that might be you know, specific locations that I'd like to shoot or other things that I'm working on in between. Because the hard thing is I have all this prep work so I know the location inside out, I know what swell, wind, tide, all these kind of timings I'll need but then I just have to sort of wait for these storms and swells to occur. So that is sort of one side of things that I'll always have ready to go. And then when they happen, I just have to sort of drop everything and go. And then on the other side of things, I've got other projects that I'm sort of working on in between that. Yeah, that's, that's been a more of a long form project or projects.
1: Yeah. What do you do to get out of a creative funk? Uh, I, I don't
0: think I've really been in a creative funk. I couldn't tell you the last time I was in a creative funk. Uh, I, there's definitely like, I go through times where I, well, maybe this is a creative funk, but yeah, I, I definitely go through times where I doubt the validity of what I'm working on, whether it's worth pursuing or what I'm actually doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess that's just more moments of self doubt, but I wouldn't say that's a funk, but usually it passes pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And how do you know when a piece is done or how, do, yeah, how do you know when a, when a series is done?
0: Mm, that's that's the hard part. I, I think the hardest part for me is the editing process. It's also why I end up kind of being sick of looking at everything because <laughs> I, well, I tend to tr- I try and space it out. So I'll, Shoot a project and I'll have sort of a quick glance over what I've shot and sort of try and understand if it was a good representation of the event. But then I'll kind of put it on hold for you know, maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months, even if I had, depending on what I'm working on at the time, and then revisit it and see how it sits with me in retrospect. So I try and look at it as little as possible. But yeah, it's usually quite hard to. I'll be shooting thousands of photos and trying to get it down to 10 for a, a series is pretty hard. It's a hard process.
1: Yeah. Right. But, That's a great, I was wondering that, like how many photos are there total to get to the final 10, but you just said like there's thousands.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's thousands. It depends if I shoot, if it's a project or something that happens within a day, I mean, it's still thousands, but then if it's spread out over months month at a time, yeah, it's just exponentially more photos to go through. And how long is like a sitting? Yeah, it, it changes. It all It's all weather dependent.
1: Really? Mm, okay.
0: Um, so like the first series I would have, like I said, I was there for a month, but there was probably four or five days in particular that I would just spend sunrise to sunset out shooting, which I, that specific location and, and weather allowed for. But the latest series that was shot in Ireland, I had, you know, certain windows in between torrential rain that I could manage to shoot in. And a lot of the time, actually, I was just out there in the torrential rain waiting for a gap. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah. I saw your behind the scenes video this morning on your Instagram from that shoot and um, it just looked horrendous.
0: Oh, yeah, it was, uh, in hindsight, probably not (laughs) a good idea to be out there solo.
1: I know, right? um, And because now, like, you're you're a dad, which is awesome. Yeah, But I guess, does that kind of change how you look at your adventurous side? (laughs) Yeah, it
0: definitely has. Uh, There's been a couple of shoots or a couple of um, swells this year that I've definitely, like, said oh I'll take a step back on this
1: (laughs) (laughs) you young guys go for it
0: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it definitely changes your perspective a little bit a lot yeah
1: that's very cool who would you say is your biggest fan uh
0: yeah I, I was wondering about this question I'd probably say my biggest fan and and critic is probably my wife Nicole. Um, awesome,
1: I love <laughs> she, I love the duality of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you say that because a lot of a lot of what I work on is all about this duality. So it's kind of interesting that it's, yeah, yeah links into that answer. But yeah, she's very much my biggest fan. But also, just I guess we've worked together over the years, on and off, but. We tr- I guess we try not to work together as much. We work really well together, but I guess we're probably a little too honest maybe. But, yeah, she's her her criticisms or her critiques, they're always cut to the bone, but they're also really on point. So um, as much as it might hurt, I really appreciate her feedback. But she's also my biggest fan. So, yeah, balances out.
1: Yeah, nice. And where would you like to see your artistic work take you in the next couple of years?
0: I'd be interested to branch out beyond photography. I'm hoping to do some moving image work. I've got a show coming up at the Gosford Regional Gallery in December. Yeah, so that will be their summer exhibition. It'll be a group show, and it's all around surf photography, but it's kind of as much as it might sound like it's about, you know, people riding waves, it's more a contemporary look at surf photography, and we're basically been given um you know carte blanche to do whatever we want for it so it's really it's really exciting yeah so I'm working on some uh, well I'm trying to work on some uh, moving image interactive pieces for that so yeah I'm excited to do that I'd like to try my hand at painting I used to draw and paint as a kid all the time and I feel like the internet kind of stole my interest in that from me Um, (laughs) and I'd like to get back
1: into that Luke Shabolt, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's been really awesome speaking with you. Thank you.